0: Welcome back to Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at kdos1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app. Moving up the... Prop bet discussion to this Wednesday, as we won't be here on Thursday and Friday, but plenty to still discuss. And thanks to Brian Blewis of Pro Football Network, pfnbetting.com, for making the adjustment with us. Brian, happy early Thanksgiving to you. Uh, Before we get into some props, are you a turkey fan or not a turkey fan?
1: Happy Thanksgiving to you as well. And I'm not really a turkey fan, to be honest. Thank God for football, or else I wouldn't really enjoy Thanksgiving too much as a holiday.
0: All right, fair enough. Well, let's try to have some fun with the games here. Uh, When it comes to the Thanksgiving Day games, we'll start with the Packers and the Lions. It also happens to be a divisional battle. Jordan Love, he is coming off of a 322-yard day against a Chargers defense. The Lions defense, though, uh, maybe they are giving up some yards here of late. So is it worth trying to think that Jordan Love can put two uh, performances back-to-back with 228.5 passing yards. Meanwhile, the Packers' defense is giving up 134.7 yards per game on the ground. Since his return, David Montgomery has been really good. So uh, does it look like an over for Montgomery at 68.5 yards on the ground?
1: Yeah, you mentioned Jordan Love, and I like his uh, over for this one. Last I saw, it was 220 and a half at FanDuel, and his play has been a whole lot better these past few weeks versus the start of the season, and sometimes you will kind of take that with a grain of salt because of the matchup, small sample size, but from my perspective, I look at it as a quarter, a young quarterback in his first full season starter getting better, and then the offense round getting better as well because the youngest unit in the NFL, and the Lions' defense has definitely been prone to giving up big plays through the air recently, and game should be in favor of a Durant Love player props in this one as well. So I'm definitely on the over here, and he went over this total pretty easily the last time these two teams played because of a lot of garbage time, which could also be the case here. But if not, it's a competitive game. I think it's more likely that a shootout versus uh, a defensive battle. And then for David Montgomery, I kind of like the overs for both of running backs this one. I mean, David Montgomery's have a full workload. And one of my colleagues at Pro Football Network likes uh, Jameer Gibbs' long, longest rush to be over 13.5 yards. You mentioned how bad the Packers are stopping the run. And Gibbs is a really efficient runner this season, uh, averaging 5.2 yards per carry.
2: Okay, Brian. No turkey for you means more turkey for me, so I'm all for that. We're good. For, we're good with that. All right, on to uh, second game on uh, on Turkey Day. Uh, CD Lamb, uh, the last few weeks has been you know his numbers are astronomical and those numbers are high. This week, Brandon Cooks though has been targeted frequently in the last two or three weeks. Uh, is there maybe a pivot towards him in any way? I don't want to
1: overthink it and end up and end up taking a different Cowboys player. And then CeeDee Lamb has a big game against a commander's defense that we've seen get shredded all year long by wide receiver ones. But there could definitely be a world where both of these hit with the way that Dak Prescott's been playing, especially against bad defenses. I mean, look at him the last two weeks against the Giants and the Panthers. And This commander's defense might be the worst of them all, especially now that Montez Sweat and Chase Young, it seems like the Cowboys are going to have to – they like to they like to ramp up the score, they like to boost Dak's stats in these spots to um, improve his M V P candidacy, especially on national television. And Daxon playing the best football of his career right now and feasting on these bad teams, so I can't really tell you any over for any Cowboys player receiving yards is a bad play.
0: One more on, uh, you know, Dak Prescott here. He does seem to like to find his tight ends in the red zone if he's not looking for C. D. Lamb. Uh, is it worth maybe thinking about Jake Ferguson here for an anytime touchdown score?
1: My only hesitation is that the odds aren't that great. I'm looking right now at DraftKings are only plus 115. It seems like they're getting a little overvalued right now because of what you mentioned, and he could still very likely at the end zone, but I like the odds enough at that price.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. FanDuel is much better at plus 180. I mean, let me let me tone oh, that wow. down. Not much better, but better at plus 180 for there. No, Ferguson
1: that's much there. better. Uh- don't tell yourself, sure, that's much better. Plus one eight. Those have odds, I'll take a flyer for sure. Uh,
0: and then one more on this commander's game here. Sam Howe, he's been uh, sacked 51 times. He is leading the league, though, in yards per game. And if you think about game script here, and if you think that the Cowboys uh, are able to put up some points here, that maybe Sam Howe will be having to throw the ball. Uh, 251 and a half yards, is that doable? Or should we maybe pivot off of that and look at like attempts or something like that for Sam Howell
1: yeah I think you mentioned it um while that almost seems too good to be true just 251 and a half with game shape as you mentioned and how the league and passing guards this year but he's been really bad against pressure somehow except against the Eagles That the Cowboys team might be the best pass rushing defense in the NFL so I'm a little worried about Sam Howell in this spot if he doesn't have time to throw I was actually eyeing his interceptions prop but the for him to throw a pick is minus 160, which is not favorable odds enough for me to say the least. I don't remember seeing interceptions prop be that high. The only concern taking attempts would be a lot of sacks would take away the attempts. But if you, but there's going to be enough garbage time this one, the Cowboys take the fill out the gas in the second half, then that could be the best path towards that hitting. Or this could be a closer game than we expected, considering Dak Prescott's only covered on Thanksgiving once in his career.
2: Ooh. Okay, Thursday night, George Kittle, he has a history destroying the Seahawks. Does history mean anything to your approach in prop betting? So,
1: that's a good question, and I think with divisional matchups, it does, because it's a familiar opponent, especially when it's in the same coach and the same scheme for a number of years now on both sides of the ball. My only concern with George Kittle here, though, is, is that he's so Jekyll and his usage when the 49ers have all their pass catchers. I mean... If you look at his splits when Ayuk and Debo are in the lineup versus when just one of them is out, his production isn't the same just because there's so many mouths to feed in that 49ers offense.
0: Brian Blue is pro football network. Follow all of their work over at pfnbetting.com. Having a conversation about NFL prop bets. One more on this 49ers and Seahawks contest. Uh, Not looking good for Kenneth Walker to play. Uh, Pete Carroll had said that it's uh, optimistic, if you will, for Geno Smith to play at quarterback. So it's going to be Zach Charbonnet though on the ground. What do we do with Zach Charbonnet and his rushing numbers.
1: Yeah, I haven't had a, I don't really have any plays with Charbonnet, but I know one of my colleagues at Pro Football Network likes the under for his rushing and receiving yards. It's really just about that. He uh, just thinks the number's are a little too high for him. He's made too big of a boost because he's going to be the RB1 in this matchup. And going against the 49ers defense is one of the best in the NFL. And not to say that, he, that Charbonnet isn't a good player in his own right mean he's a rookie, just 76 and a half rushing plus receiving yards. The Lions might be a little inflated because of the opportunity.
2: Okay, on Friday we got, on Black Friday, we got the Dolphins at the Jets. I really don't know what to ask specifically, so you got any ideas? Yeah, um, I guess the one here would be
1: just if you buy the squeaky squeaky wheel gets the grease narrative when it comes to Garrett Wilson. He was basically <laughs> invisible all week last week, and of all the Jets players that would be pissed off about how badly the uh, offense been playing, especially with Zach Wilson, nobody should be more upset than Garrett Wilson, who – might be, is probably a top 10 most talented receiver in the NFL, but just in easily the worst situation offensively, especially when he was expecting Aaron Rodgers to throw him the ball this year. So I don't want to take it over on a receiving yard necessarily because I don't really know if I trust Tim Boyle. Heck, he might even be better than Zach Wilson. But they're going to try to find ways to get Garrett Wilson the ball, and his receptions prop line is at four and a half. And if you want to keep your best offensive player happy, you want to get him the ball and get him at least uh, five
0: touches. One more from this Black Friday contest here. It seems like people have had my idea because this morning Raheem Mostert was at 57 and a half yards. Now he's sitting at 60 and a half yards. But we know uh, that the susceptibility for the Jets on defense has been through the ground game. So trying to get this offense going. I know you have uh, Tyreek Hill and what he's capable of doing, but they're not afraid to run the football. Is looking at Raheem Mostert still a good viable option?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you just look at his stats in these games when they're heavy favorites, and you look at the Jets, too. They are bottom 10 of the league and yards are allow from scrimmage to running backs, both rushing and through the air, receiving. And Mostert is in a good spot where his usage should be high, and he's a big play guy, too. He could break off a long run or a long catch at any given point. And the Dolphins being around 10-point favorites, and this one game script should be in his favor, too. So you're definitely on the right path here, for sure. I definitely agree with you on uh, most are are overs.
2: Okay, looking a little bit ahead to Sunday here. The oddsmakers have the Jags and the Texans, the highest point total, uh, as opposed to the last game, the Miami game, where I was kind of baffled as to what direction to go. It's kind of pick or choose on this one. Uh, As far as both sides go, I would expect some points here. Uh, Any ideas of how we could approach this game?
1: Yeah, this game is definitely going to be one of the better games of the weekend. It's really going to be a true test of who's the best team in the AFC South, and are the Jaguars a good team, or they beat up on bad teams, and are the Houston Texans for real? I really like to see, see the strouds over passing yards last week and that hit pretty easily. and I don't really know how he's going to match up against his Jags defense again, but he seems like a match proof quarterback, and it seems like a back-and-forth battle, and they're going to have to win this game through the air.
0: Brian Blue pro football network. Follow all of their work over at pfnbetting.com. Uh Sunday, it is going to be the Cardinals hosting the Rams. I haven't seen too many numbers here. So more just kind of game theory thought process. If you will, between these two teams, there are some injury concerns for the Rams. Unclear if Cooper cup will be ready to go. It does look like Kyron Williams is going to play in this game. as he being activated off of IR. There's still Puka Nakua. There's still Tutu Atwell at well for the Rams. So, so not sure if you think more of what Kyron Williams was able to do against the Cardinals in game one when they played. And flip this here to the Rams side of things, on the defensive side, 117.3 yards per game, they're giving up on the ground. So is that possible to think that they could feed James Conner?
1: Yeah, you, um, Before once you start once started getting into this game, my first thought process was, Kyron Williams had a really big game on the ground against the Cardinals last time. And I remember that game. One of my favorite player props I gave out was Matthew Stafford's over for passing yards, and just didn't quite get there. But um, I, I think you got to run it back there as well. Stafford's volume isn't totally there when he's that cup in the lineup, so I wouldn't be looking to be playing his props. I think Sean McVay learned his lesson this last game that the way to beat this Cardinals team from the Rams this season is to lean on their running game, even though he does get a little past happy sometimes it doesn't need to be. And then on the flip side. You guys know from, from being out in Arizona, watching Cardinals team, how there's a much better offense, not just with Kyler Murray on the field, but with James Conner as well. And this has to be a really close game. It's a really short spread. I believe it's a close to a pick So So script shouldn't be working against you here one way or the other. So, I like 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 you said, it all works in James Conner's favor in this
2: one. Yeah, we're going to have more than 50 starting quarterbacks at least in one game uh, after this weekend ends. Jake Browning, you mentioned Boyle with the Jets and the Patriots, maybe with Bailey Zappi. Is there an approach that you have of teams that are changing quarterbacks? Do we look for, you know, some prop bet unders and so forth, or does that matter to you?
1: No, I think the, the way to approach player props, on for guys that are playing with a young and quarterback is who are the security blankets? Like I don't want to just take everybody's unders because they're going to be priced. They're going to be priced lower than usual because of that. It's going to be factored into the odds. They're not going to get the best value there, but there could be some value on the other side, the over for receptions, rush attempts and so forth, because they want to make life as easy for these quarterbacks as possible. And the example I gave with the, Tim Boyle and Garrett Wilson really falls under that umbrella considering I don't want to be over for for receiving yards. I don't really know how effective Garrett Wilson will be. They could easily have like five catches for less than 10 yards of reception.
0: The Steelers offense, it should be unleashed now, right? With Matt Canada being let go. (laughs) Uh, It
1: can't get worse, I'll tell you that.
0: In general, though, does something like this give any uh, give the offense any sort of boost? Uh, you have had the Bengals being susceptible to giving up yards on the ground, so maybe Jalen Warren can rip off a couple of big ones here. And then flipping this to the Bengals side of things with Jake Browning at quarterback, should we look at a heavier workload then for Joe Mixon to try to help get Browning comfortable?
1: Yeah, let's start with the Steelers. I was really worried for a second. You're going to ask about Kenny Pickett. He's definitely not one of those guys I want to be betting on. For In 10 games this year, he has just six passing touchdowns and uh, averaging 172 yards per game. You would say, oh, he's just a young second-year quarterback. He's the same age as Jalen Hurts and Tua already, which is pretty crazy. And uh, definitely an under-the-radar concern with Kenny Pickett is that he's really not that young considering his experience. But not to get too distracted, I mean – Jalen Ward is by far the best running back on that Steelers team, in my opinion. He's definitely way more explosive than uh, Najee Harris. And the Steelers want to capitalize any momentum they found on offense last week. Give the guy the ball more, and maybe that'll be a thing with uh, Matt Canada gone, just being a little too reliant on Najee Harris, who's a first-round pick of theirs, and finding ways to get the ball in the guy's hands. I mean, he's averaging over six yards of carry, which is – what does it 2.3 yards higher than Najee harris is on average so i wouldn't mind going with that approach and with joe mixon he has like i don't even know what the stats are but if you compare if you're looking at the bell cow running backs this year he has to be the top of the list with his usage i mean i'm just pointing the stats right now he's 153 carries for the season the next closest running back is 12. whoa on the, on the Bengals, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, he gets, all the, he gets all the touches around the goal and the red zone near the goal line, too. I don't know if I want to take, take a touchdown because this is a very low total in a game that's not going to be much offense. But wouldn't mind taking a look at his rush to get temps over as that Taylor's a pretty conservative coach, and that's what Joe Burrows is quarterback. I don't want to imagine how conservative he's going to be with Jay Browning under center.
0: Brian Lewis, Pro Football Network, PFNBetting.com. Uh, the Ravens and the Chargers. The Chargers' pass defense has been very bad, giving up plenty of yards. Lamar Jackson has lost his favorite target in Mark Anders, so who steps up? He is at 244 and a half yards. It does seem like there could be some run after catch opportunities for some of these Ravens wideouts.
1: Yeah, you mentioned the, the yards after catch opportunities. Why not Odell Beckham Jr.? I mean, I don't know what his number's going to be like. I don't know if it's be overinflated now, but we've kind of seen him uh, r- turn back the clock a little bit with his yak in recent games and uh, have it making some big plays in the passing game. I'm not sure who that new security buying is going to be instead of Mark Andrews. I think a safe assumption actually is going to be Zay Flowers. But Odell had a 51-yard catch last week, 40 yards a week before he might be turning. He might be getting um, some athleticism back here. He could probably make a big play. And if he could do that against a uh, Browns defense, Bengals defense, he's more than capable against his Chargers defense in uh, l- a stadium. He's very familiar with too.
0: That's true. Uh, before we let you go here, Brian uh, and get yourself ready for Thanksgiving. Is there anything that we haven't touched on that you like anytime, touchdown, rushing, receiving, passing yards from some of the Thanksgiving games or something that we should be keeping an eye on for the Sunday slate?
1: Um, nothing else really coming to mind here. I guess, my one thing I would give out is, is that we watched a Monday Night Football game last weekend. First definitely we looked a little healthier than he did before the bye. And on pfmbay.com for that game, I basically gave out that anytime you see his touchdown odds at plus 100 or better, just take it. Don't think twice.
0: There's always a brotherly shove or a tush push or whatever you want to call it in play, right?
1: Oh, Absolutely.
0: Brian, as always, we greatly appreciate your time. Happy Thanksgiving, and we look forward to catching up with you next week in our uh, normal time slot and normal day.
1: Yeah, happy Thanksgiving to you guys as well.
0: Once again, he is Brian Bluis. Follow all of his work over at pfnbetting.com. He comes to us from Pro Football Network.